0: Welcome to the Virtual CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping service-based businesses achieve success. Are you a business owner interested in learning how to scale your business? Has your business reached over $1 million in annual revenue? Then this podcast is for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, we are going to hit on a really topic that's um, near and dear to Jody. Um, Jody and I were just kind of talking before the show, and this is a topic that Summit was started on. And it's something that um, when we talk with clients and we work with people, it's, it's very important that we try to get um, some kind of uh, recurring revenue stream. And so we're going to talk a little bit about um, what are possible recurring revenue streams for digital agencies, why it's so important, and how it can help you run your business better in a lot of different ways. You know, It helps with forecasting, it helps with cash flow, and it helps with a lot of things so those are the topics we're going to dig into here and so jody let's let's start with you talking a little bit about how summit um
1: earns rec- recurring revenue and why we started our firm that way yeah no no worries yeah it's kind of an embarrassing topic to even start with because uh the, the way that uh, it was founded is that when we started uh, the accounting firm back in 2002 we really didn't have any money i had very little money in my name and it was one of those things that i could not afford to have an accounts receivable And so it was one of the, so I, you know, we approached the bank for a line of credit, didn't qualify for that because we were brand new and everything. And, and so it was like, well, how are we going to do this? And so initially we started billing by the hour and sending it out. But what happened was it it just kept accumulating where people were paying late for all kinds of reasons. Being new to being in the business, we always wanted to give that client the second, you know, the the benefit of the doubt, or we didn't want to worry the client at all by, you know, sending them an invoice or making a call because we didn't want to lose that client. So there was a lot of, things going against us at the very beginning that i think really everybody probably in this podcast has had at some point there and so we had to come up with a way that how can we do this and continue on because it was we just couldn't afford it and so i thought you know what let's let's try reoccurring revenue no one no one in the accounting industry is doing it why can't we do it you know why why can't we do it if and there's a lot of reasons why you can't do it because we were billing hourly at that time you know for the first couple years that we were doing things we were billing hourly it was kind of tough we didn't know how to do recurring revenue without that so we thought well, let's do flat fee and so flat fee was the way that we uh, started it all all off on we thought well hey here's what a tax return costs here's what Visiting, you know, once a month, maybe to their office and going through some financials. Here's what that's going to cost. And we thought, you know what, let's uh, let's do this monthly. And so we set up a reoccurring monthly model to where we hit their account every single month. And we always did it after we had done the job. So it was January, you know, for January, uh, we would actually build them out on February and we collect our money, you know, February 1st type of a thing. And uh, that went really well until a client decided that they didn't want to pay us. And so they discontinued the recurring revenue. We were out an entire month's worth of uh, worth of revenues. So we're like, oh, that's not going to work. And so we, we immediately changed our model for all new clients we brought in and kind of over time changed the model for the existing clients that we were going to do it prior to the month. And then we got a little pushback because it was a month's worth of work. And the clients are like, Oh, well, what you know? You know they 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 just got that little pushback thing. So we thought, you know what? Let's not get any pushback. Let's just bill them every every week. And so we started doing a reoccurring weekly revenue or we re, weekly where we just hit their account every single week. And you know what? We got zero pushback. Uh, nobody pushed back at all because they knew they could always discontinue the service anytime they wanted. They're only there for a week and you know, obligated for really a week at a time. And it was really great. You know, it took our receivables down from you know basically nothing at all, and allowed us to actually reinvest that money back into the business and really build the business we are today. And so we've done it ever since. You know, any new client that we ever bring on is you know they're reoccurring. We zap their account every single Monday through ACH. We don't send out invoices. You know, we don't waste that valuable time. We don't have an admin doing that for us. It's just an automatic, and uh, the clients love it because it's less burden on them. Um, And then we love it because, again, it's less burden on us. So it worked out really well. But it all came back from kind of an embarrassing time where we just didn't have the money uh, when we started our our new business. We had to figure out a way to, to make it work. Yeah, and I think that the, from a um, project manager standpoint, I've, I've
0: told the story a number of times, but you know, my my background is in public accounting where I was an audit manager. And I remember sitting in audit rooms and having this really important conversation that I wanted to talk about with the client. You know, Their the rules were changing or they did something wrong. And before I could have that conversation, I'd have to say, oh, by the way, you haven't paid your outstanding invoice yet. And it just, it, you lose your credibility with the client. You're trying to have these really serious conversations with them, but all I'm worried about is when they're gonna pay me next. So from a project manager standpoint, Working at Summit has been really easy. I've never had to have those conversations with my clients because I don't even know. I mean, all I know is that their account gets withdrawn every week, and I never have to think twice about it. So that's one of the real advantages of it. From um, from the way we do it, is, is that it lets your project managers not have to do those collection calls. And I've had the same thing with um, working with my clients. A lot of times, my clients will, you know, will be the first line of defense. We'll we'll call and we'll say, "Hey, you haven't paid your bill." But oftentimes, when the accounting department calls, they don't care. It's that PM, the person who's actually a stakeholder that they'll listen to and those are those are pretty difficult conversations to have from a from a pm standpoint so i think that's um you know my personal experience working with this type of model it really helps me as a pm
1: yeah and and to kind of piggyback off of the experience in public accounting you know prior to working at summit i worked for a, a couple large accounting firms and one of my roles was is basically onboarding new clients and so It was kind of a cool role. Got a chance to meet the client right away. Worked with them for about a month. And, you know, basically they contacted me and talked to me pretty much on a regular basis. And then all of a sudden the the phone calls dried up. Didn't think anything of it because we were onboarding so many new clients at these large accounting firms. And then at the end of the year, we got their tax stuff and it was a disaster. It was unreal. You know, you ask a few of them, it went on for a little bit, then you ask a few of them, why why didn't you call me? You know, I could have helped you out with this. We could have saved a lot of, lot of uh, struggling throughout and they're like, well, we got the first bill and we didn't want to call again. <laughs> so they, they knew they were on the clock, you know? So it was one of those things It's like, well, you know, that, that's tough, you know? And, and when you think about it, you're right. You know, the first thing you do when you talk to a lawyer is what? hey, I got a real quick question for you, right? Or, you know, they, they prefer that you always do that. We do that as human beings. Hey, we got a quick question or, and you're hoping that they don't send the bill afterwards. Or, you know, if they do send the bill, then it's like, well, geez, I probably could have Googled it and found that out afterwards, you know, the, after the, the hindsight type of thing. When in reality, you wouldn't have known what to look for to begin with. You know, so it was one of those things that, you know, it, recurring revenue really, really, the subscription-based type model really solved a lot of, A lot of those issues, and and allowed the clients that our clients to actually freely contact us all the time. And I I can imagine the wonders it would do in the in digital marketing world, in the creative agency world, if the shareholders knew that hey, we can contact you guys all the time with questions, concerns, and because of that, you know, we can get a great product, a great relationship. And you know, heck, in my in my time with with Summit, you know, since two thousand two, I don't think we've had any clients abuse it. I really don't. What's your take on that, Jay? Yeah, no, I
0: definitely agree. And I think um, when I first was interviewing with Summit, that's something we talked about. And that was that was one of my big concerns is not even them abusing it, but more of how many clients are going to walk away from you because of this model. How many clients turn you down because they're not willing to have their account drawn on each month uh, or each week, you know? And I think that was one of my big concerns. And I've been involved in I don't know a lot of sales calls in my time at Summit, and it's never come up. It's not hasn't come up once. And any of those sales calls, and that this is a concern. We don't want to work with you. You because we don't want our account drawn each week. And so it's, it's, um, really interesting that that has never come up and it's, it's hardly ever abused. And like I said, it takes a lot of those conversations out of the meetings you have with your clients, which is, which is key. You want to have very important, valuable meetings with your clients. And again, the fact that it doesn't bother them and they say, Oh yeah, that's fine. That's what you guys do. And that's how you work. That's we'll, we'll make it work for us. So.
1: Yeah. And it was kind of funny. Cause you know, like I always say this accountants hate change, you know, that's just a, uh, a fundamental thing and they're afraid of taking risks and the uh the biggest risk that we took at that time was potentially not getting clients when we really 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 needed clients you know we weren't flourishing we didn't have tons of money tons of cash and the reason why we went to it in the first place is because we didn't have tons of cash so it was a huge huge risk at the time and it, it paid off the risk was all us you know the worries were really all us because like jamie mentioned we You know, we didn't go back and necessarily say, hey, everybody, here's how we got to do it. Every new client we picked up, we did it that way. And we introduced it to certain clients and they pushed back a little bit. We're like, fine, you can continue to invoice them out. Eventually, those clients did the exact same thing. They eventually went with a weekly weekly fee after a while. But the the biggest fear was the fear that we had internally. It had really nothing to do with the clients because the way that you posture with clients is really simple. Like Jamie said, this is how we do business. And we get no pushback at all. We close about 30% of our, our um, opportunities, which is very, a very great closing ratio. And, and so it never comes down to that. That's never, never even been brought up as an issue that, you know, since we started introducing it, it's just like that's just how we do it. They didn't know any different and they didn't care. You know, they're getting a, as long as they know up front, you know, the worst case thing to do would be to surprise them after the fact. You because know, they hate that even worse, right? Can you, you know, they hate getting the bill after the fact, and it's like double what they thought, or you know, it has all these extra things in there you forgot to t- forgot to tell them, or or just didn't tell them because you're worried about the pushback. It avoids all of that completely. Uh, which is great. So you know, we're never arguing about bills. We're never talking about the bill. We're never explaining the bill. We're never explaining why we had two people at the meeting and build them for both of them. Why should we just have one at the meeting? You know, all that kind of stuff was never is never in the discussion. It's always about their business and how can we improve their business. You know, and that's the that's the key part of it. And and that's what uh you know marketing firms really need to to learn how to take advantage. And to kind of to that point Jamie what are some different uh, different ways that marketing firms can, you know, can take advantage of the reoccurring revenue. Maybe not the exact same way that we're taking care, you know, taking advantage of as an accounting firm, but as a marketing firm. What, what, are some of the ways that you you thought of? I think there's there's two that
0: I see quite a bit that really are probably the easiest to explain, and then I'll talk about a third that's kind of a little bit more creative. But the two that we see the most often is is maintenance. So anytime you're in a maintenance type agreement where it is a it's a long term agreement, you're doing some kind of maintenance and upkeep on a product that's out there. For for the client. That type of thing should be invoiced weekly. It should be collected weekly and it becomes predictable that way. It doesn't matter, you know, again, some weeks you're gonna put 20 hours onto it. Some weeks you're gonna put five hours into it, but as long as you are planning for it in the long term of, okay, how long should this take per month? You know, you're gonna end up coming out ahead on that. And so that's a big thing is making sure that you're planning for how many hours you think it's gonna take and then just coming up with a flat fee and billing that every week or every month or whatever time you think is makes the most sense. So that's the that's the easy way. And then the other easy way is a lot of times like outsourced, outsourced work. You know, A lot of times, you know, you'll know, you have a couple extra employees on hand that you just keep on hand just to go and work in the company's um, IT department. And that type of thing is um, obviously another way to do recurring revenue. We're gonna give you two people, it's gonna cost you $10,000 a week or whatever that amount is, and that's how much we're gonna invoice you. And then if you go down to one, we'll cut that in half, but that is um, two very common ways that we see in this industry.
1: And I think, Jamie, to add to that, I think the two key things you mentioned there was that you know, both of them, you knew the fee in advance. You know, you knew how much you were gonna charge them in advance, because what we don't wanna happen is we don't wanna get bogged down in the administrative side, where we've gotta then automatically count hours, we gotta justify the hours, we gotta send them an invoice, or we then hit them with an account, or we we don't want there to be an administrative part to this. We wanna take that out of it, because the key is we're trying to make life simpler for everyone. Uh, us for them you know for clients you know for for the whole, the whole works and with that we don't want to have to hire two administrative people just to be able to handle this new new billing process right so i i think you're 100% right and i think the two big keys to that was that you need to know the fee in advance. And if you don't know the fee in advance, Jay, what's some ideas on that one? Yeah. So before I,
0: before I answer that question, one thing I, I want to add to that is, um, is predictability is key in business. And that's, that's one of the advantages of doing this. And so predictability is key for me as someone who's collecting cash. And so it's key that I know how much I'm going to collect each week, but also it's key for your customers. If they know they're paying $2,000 a week, it's a lot easier for them to stomach that. And it's a lot easier in negotiations because they don't think that, okay, you're going to start with 2000, but then by the end I'm gonna be paying five thousand a week. We've all gotten those kind of agreements in our personal lives, where if you start, you know, Netflix is only nine dollars a month, and then you know, three years from now, it's twenty four dollars a month, and you're still paying for it, and you just, you just kind of forget about it. And so, I think that's the thing is, predictability is key there, and that's why um, you want to do that upfront and say, "Hey, this is our agreement for this year. This is how much we're going to charge, and never stray from it unless there's um, a scope change or something like that." But that is key. So, sorry, Joe, I went off on that
1: tangent. What was your uh, question? <laughs> Getting back to that. how do you deal with fixed fee in the event that it's not a fixed fee so like how how would you do the reoccurring revenue without a fixed fee
0: yeah so this is um you know again something that we've worked with our clients on as well because we really strongly believe that the recurring revenue is key and that getting the predictability on both sides is is important so if you had a non-fixed fee arrangement where you wanted to go back and evaluate it at a period of time so what you could do is you could invoice or charge a thousand dollars a week for the four month, four weeks and then at the end of the month, go back and look at the overs and unders and say, okay, this, this month actually we, um, we worked over, so we're gonna bill you an additional $300 or we worked under, so we're gonna credit the next invoice, so it's only $700. And so you can kind of determine what that time period is and just evaluate it at that time. And it can be a month, it could be six months, it could be you know six weeks, whatever time period you determine that you're gonna do that. But the key is you send that out as a separate invoice. You send your weekly thousand dollar invoice, you keep doing that and then occasionally, Whatever that time period you've decided it is, you send out that extra invoice that helps get that um mount trued up for the non-fixed fee types.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say the best time to do that, you know, to do all this is actually during the negotiation phase because you've got a lot of levers or leverage that uh, you know maybe they're they're trying to beach up on price or maybe they're trying to beach up on something that's a little more trickier. Well, this is the the lever or the leverage that you can pull. You know, we can do this, but here's how we need to handle this. We need to handle this. Where we're getting ACH every. All oh, you guys don't do ACH. What can you do as opposed to ACH? Do you do wires? How does this work out so that you can actually get all this figured out while you're in the negotiation phase, especially for the like the big contractors or the enterprise contractors? Because some of them are capable, have the capability of doing it. Others don't, and so you need to know that right away so that you can negotiate the best deal and the best thing you know maybe it's like like a uh, jamie was saying with like a, on a sprint basis where you just bill every two weeks or you know you you know and then send that send the documentation later you know it, it could be whatever but it's important to negotiate that right up front
0: and, and like I said earlier, the, the predictability the, the customers usually do appreciate that. It makes it easier to budget. It makes it easier to um, forecast. They know how much they're charging you, and then they have one invoice a month or one invoice every two months or a quarter that they can actually look into and have discussions with. And it's it's fine to have those discussions. Those discussions are good. You can talk about the scope creep. You can talk about what happened. You can you know make the make the relationship even stronger in those discussions. But it's a lot easier when you're having it occasionally instead of every time an invoice goes out because you don't you know they don't have to like look. Over each invoice and fine-tune, like mark off the hours and be like, oh, yeah, they were here that day, they were here that day. They don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about that until the very end when you can actually have those conversations at at a higher level, which is really important.
1: Mm -hmm. I think now it's time to probably a real quick break, Jamie. What's the uh, email address that if anyone has any questions or wants to be part of the, uh, a podcast, how, how would they get a hold of us?
0: Yeah, so definitely, we have an um, email address that you can email us. And again, the purpose of this email is if you have any questions um, that you want to talk to us about, or you want us to talk about in this podcast, we are always looking for new topics. If you want to join the podcast, we're always looking for guests. Um, so you can email V cfo at summitcpa.net. Again, CFO at s-u-m-m-i-t-c-p-a.net. We're always looking forward for our listeners reaching out to us and making this, uh, this show better. So we're looking forward to hearing from you.
1: Yeah, sounds great, Jamie.
0: Thanks. Yeah. So um, again, we talked about a couple advantages of recurring revenue, Jody. I wonder if there's anything else that we need to add to that. So the two we added so far is obviously the project managers; it makes it easier on your team to manage. The second is obviously the forecasting and the predictability. Any other advantages there um, to doing recurring revenue?
1: Well, the huge advantage is the cash flow. I mean, that's the basically the most obvious advantage, in my opinion, because now you've uh, taken your cash flow cycle from you know maybe you know 60 days or or 45 days and you and you brought it down and especially if the majority of your business is recurring revenue it brings it down even more like for instance you know we're a six million dollar accounting firm and we have zero accounts receivable actually we have negative accounts receivable because we get a lot of what we do in advance so our, our cash flow is a lot better than somebody that's sitting out there that uh, accounting firm of a similar size may have a half a million dollars in, in accounts receivable now well, let's put that money to work now or take advantage of it now versus later and so we find that the companies that have the highest or the lowest the lower risk are the companies with the higher percentage of you know recurring revenue. If you can get a fifty percent or sixty percent recurring revenue, just imagine how easy your life is going forward. You know, instead of, you know, having to, you know, hunt and peck for a hundred thousand dollars of business a month or a million dollars in business a month, depending upon your size, you know, it's gonna be six you know, forty percent of that, you know, forty thousand dollars, six, you know, four hundred thousand dollars, depending upon what it is. And, you know, it just makes everything that much easier to work with and takes so much risk out of it to where you're not have to worry about, you know, Hey, am I going to get this next job or I have to lay a bunch of people off? If you've got 60, 70% recurring revenue or even 50%, you know, the chances of that's a lot slimmer because you've got, you're taking the risk out of the, uh, out of the equation.
0: Yeah. And if you think back to our um, pipeline podcast that we did, we talked a lot about capacity and what's under contract. When you have a lot of recurring revenue, that gap is a lot smaller. You have a lot smaller gap between what your capacity is and what you have under contract because you know at any time that you know even if we have no long term project work, I still have two hundred thousand dollars a month coming in of recurring revenue, which just makes it a lot easier to um, feel good about your um, your outlook and also manage your business. You know, okay, I can I can take a little bit more risk and charge a little bit more to this project because I have so much recurring revenue, and so it helps you run your business a lot better.
1: Yeah, and also kind of you know when you get to that point in your in your life cycle that. And maybe you're the uh, the, the actually the b- business development person, you know, and you want to say, "Hey, I, I need I need to get somebody to take this position over because it, it's just wearing on me. I need to do something a little different." Well, if if your recurring revenue is high, it's a lot easier to transition out of that position if you're not having to fill an entire book of business for your team, and, and the risk isn't as there because the risk is you know you, you hand it over to. The next person and they fail miserably well now you're in a bad situation you know now you're in a situation where you've got to lay people off You got to scrounge. maybe jump back in on a fire drill type situation whereas if, it, if the reoccurring revenue is high it's not as big a deal to maybe lose a client or maybe not to get one client because the margin their gap like jamie's saying is a lot lower there so you know reoccurring revenue does a lot and, and basically you know, solves a lot of issues that you're having, that you may be having right now. It makes the big rocks very small, you know, which is the uh, the key there for
0: sure. So, Jody, one thing that's we've talked about a couple times in this podcast, and I, I think to a non finance person, this might sound a little intimidating. Can you talk about the process of setting up an ACH? How complicated is it, and what is what goes into setting up an ACH with your um, clients so it just comes in automatically each week?
1: Yeah, it's a fairly simple process, but the key though is you have to have a bank that has that ability or have a vendor relationship, there's vendors out there that can actually set this up for you. You know, the bill.coms of the world, you know, you might be able to work through them or, you know, any other vendor for that matter. But uh, with that, the banking relationship is the easiest. So as part of the engagement, when you send out the engagement letter to the SOW, everything to get signed, you know, you always attach the uh, reoccurring revenue form to it, giving authorization for you to take money out of their accounts. You know, they'll input their banking information. Um, if you can do it through an automatic means, that's great. That's even better than the old paper way. And um, you get that information set up and then it automatically gets feed right into the bank. So at that point, it's just a matter of, you know, getting the authorization, having them sign off on it. ACH is just automatically start coming on Mondays. And they have the capability or the ability, and you always want them to have the ability to terminate it. You know, and that's the the part that's the good part about it. So they've got control over it. You've got control over it, and there's no uh, needs or worries. And again, we're only looking at the most. We're looking at a couple weeks, or a week, or a month, depending upon how how often you want to set it up. We recommend weekly, but you know, some people want to take the baby steps and do it uh, monthly, and that's cool. I just think weekly is the better way of doing it. And with that, you've got the real, real easy method, it, it does not take long to set up recurring revenue. Uh, the, the key, though, is that when you do get that banking relationship, make sure that. The reoccurring revenue setup, where it's an automatic monthly pull, so that your, ad, your firm administrator is not going in and having to do that manually, you know, every month. That's really important. So the key is making everything as automatic as you possibly can. And like I said, there's software out there that will that can do that for you. I would definitely look at two or three different ones to get some ideas on what the pros and cons are. But the that's one way. The other thing is, is that you can offer uh, credit card payments as well. I you know I don't endorse that method necessarily, but it may or may not get you a client. at least a smaller client. Uh, the problem there is you're always giving up a, a small fee to the credit card agency. Whereas an ACH costs you maybe a dollar a transaction. You know that fee may cost you one to three percent, depending upon the credit card company. So you can have it set up in both different ways. You know basically through the same means, but again try to keep it as electronic as possible to keep everything away. You don't want to house uh their banking information anywhere that's going to be very important yeah, as soon as that banking information is entered it's real tempting to keep it in case something goes by you can add it again now nah, making a phone call is a lot safer especially if someone were to you know break into your system there then calling them and explain to them how you uh, you know had a security breach type of thing so it's important that if you do the paper means or pdf that gets shredded or destroyed after the payment's set up If you're doing it electronically, which is what we recommend through a a bank or a software where they've got that uh, already dialed in, uh, then that information is not housed in your system and you can... uh, sleep at night, you know, in the event that something does happen.
0: Yeah, no, I think that the key there is, is, I mean, I think it sounds complicated, but I, in, overall, if you just called your bank or called your accountant and had them set it up, it wouldn't be a lot of work. And I think that's, that's the key. And, and again, it's, it's definitely worth it. We talked about a lot of pros during this, um during this podcast. And I would say, you know, it's one of the, one of my favorite things about working at summit is that we have this model and, you know, I've been part of forecasting calls. I've been as a PM and every direction I've seen this from, I've seen a lot of advantages. So I definitely think it's um, something worth, worth um, implementing at your organization. So any um, final thoughts, Jody, we're getting close on time here. Any other uh, final thoughts that we didn't touch, touch upon?
1: No, I think so. I think, like I said, recurring revenue is what really saved our, our business from the very beginning. Uh, when we are very small, you know, a, You know, under a million dollars in revenue, I call that very small for us. You know, because we we were with the idea of growing really big, and I know we couldn't have done it. We couldn't even get to the half a million dollar mark without having the recurring revenue model set up. Just financially, it just wasn't something that we had a ton of cash, and so it really helped us out there, and it really helped us learn. You know, the importance of it. it was. It's amazing. You know how you know we have weekly weekly meetings with clients that they always show up and. You know, they, they, like Jamie mentioned before, when there was always a bill that they were behind on, or if they felt that, oh wow, I'm behind three months, I I feel guilty about showing up. They they quit showing up, and that's when we really needed to talk to them the most, is when they were having the difficulties, and so. This took that completely out of the ballpark. You know, they, they show up, they, you know, it's an automatic. There's no issues with that, what Jamie was saying. It really solves a lot of the forecasting issues. It solves, you know, a lot of the risk issues that we talked about. And it's very well accepted. I mean, it's not something that's not accepted anymore. You know, all software companies do it. You know, why not have service companies do it? And that's what we uh, set up a long time ago, um, over, over, well, over 15 years ago, and have been doing it successfully ever since. Great. Well, I appreciate your time today, Jody. And um, again, we'll be
0: back soon with another um, awesome topic. So talk to you soon. Yep. Enjoy this episode? Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving virtual CPA success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry.